0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: Beloved, it's the spoken word that has the most power. When you and I have God's Word to be able to speak it, not only for our own lives in insistence for other people's lives. Beloved, that is power and that is authority. When we hide God's word in our heart in order for it to come into our lives at just the right time, in just the right situation.
0: Here in Ephesians, Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God that we can withstand the devil. He says to gird ourselves with truth, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, shod our feet with the gospel and have the shield of faith. We need all of this as preparation. We can't go into battle with the devil not knowing God's word. Having it hidden in our hearts is what will protect us. Being able to recall it when we need it can be what saves us from a fiery dart, just like Jesus did. Well, Let's join Pastor David in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 15, for the conclusion of our message entitled, Words of a Warrior.
1: I believe that as a redeemed man, I ought to have the attitude, I ought to have the heart of and the the thoughts of, of understanding We need to be doing the right thing, speaking the right thing and even thinking the right thing. We need to have on that breastplate of righteousness. That needs to be a part of who we are as believers as we go into this severe battle. Is there a righteousness within you? No, I'm not talking about the righteousness of Christ. I'm talking about your righteousness. The choices that you and I make. When the Word of God says, no, you need to put off every sin that besets you. there's a responsibility in our lives to put off those things and to put on these others this breastplate of righteousness. How easy it is for some believers to claim the righteousness of Christ in their lives and then they excuse their sin as simply being a, a part of the flesh that they have to deal with. oh sorry you know after all I am just flesh and blood. But you know what is flesh and blood? You need to be making the right decisions. You need to be making the right choices. You need to have the right attitude that's going to glorify your Father in heaven. Paul isn't speaking about the justification that comes with our conversion. He's calling for that ongoing work of sanctification being worked out in our lives through the practice of our lives, through those correct choices. You and I are called to put on. The breastplate of righteousness. Next, we come to the soldier's footgear in verse 15. It says, and, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, Roman soldiers' footgear was unique for its time frame. The Roman soldiers, more than soldiers of any other nation during that time, paid greater attention to the footgear of their warriors. And because of that, because the Roman soldiers had good, well thought out, well planned footgear, they were able to easily move about. They had great stability during battle, even in a rocky place, and they had protection for their feet. After all, without good footgear, an army would easily be defeated. That summer day in England back in 1944, A lot of those troops that day as they stood there before General Patton, a lot of them were new recruits. A lot of them had never faced battle of of any kind at all. But prior to their time of coming over to England, prior to them coming on that Allied invasion into France, they had been spending weeks of intense preparation for battle. The rigors and the stress that they faced during boot camp. It was simply a small taste of what they were going to encounter during actual battle conditions. And yet it was preparation that was so necessary for them in order that they might meet the enemy and not completely fold over. It's in the the same way that you and I need to be prepared to meet the enemy. And that preparation comes from having a good understanding of the Word of God to support our lives. The preparation of the gospel of peace needs to be a part of our lives right now and even before we enter into these severe battles. It can only come... As you and I have this constant preparation within the Word, only then are we going to know the peace that passes all understanding. As you and I are in the Word, we're reading the Word, we're studying the Word. We know more of God. We know the greatness of God. We see the majesty of God. We see how God has moved in the past, and the understanding that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that He continues to work in the hearts and the lives of those that love Him and He will stand as our shield, as our defense, as our strong fortress so that as we understand that and we understand as we read it, we understand a little bit more about ourselves. We understand the great need in our lives, but we can also understand that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We can understand that we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. We can understand through that that nothing shall ever separate us. We can Understand through all of this that our God fights our battles. And beloved, as we grow in that understanding, as we grow in the knowledge of that, then we're able to have that peace in the midst of a battle. We're able to stand when everything else is being pushed against us. When the enemy comes in like a flood, we realize, no, I'm not drowning. Comes in like a fire, we realize, no, I'm not burning up. There's a fire all around me, but I'm still standing. Why? Because my God is able to make me stand. Are your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace in order that you might stand firm, stand stable, stand with the preparation and the protection of God in your life in the midst of the battle of the enemy. Paul continues on in verse 16. He says, Oh, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. It's interesting how all throughout the Roman Empire's history, from the earliest days on until they finally dissolved, their their shields kind of evolved. They, They changed through the years as they tried different things and they realized one shield works better than another in certain ways and in certain cases. But Paul uses a particular word here to help us to understand which shield he's speaking about in particular. In the Greek, he uses the word thureos. And thureos, uh, it comes from the Greek word thura, which means a door. What Paul is speaking about is this large, almost door-shaped shield that during this time phase, the Roman soldiers used. It was the main item of defense for the Roman soldiers during that time. It was light enough to be held with one hand, but it was 42 inches tall and about 32 inches wide. It was big enough that a soldier could actually crouch down behind it and his entire body is covered from the attacks of the enemy. protects him from both spears and arrows. But it was also light enough that he could use it in hand-to-hand combat. As a matter of fact, we know that with his shield, the Roman soldiers' technique was is they would charge with the shield and then thrust out with their sword. The shield was not only a defensive weapon, but oftentimes they would use it literally as an offensive weapon against the enemy. According to the Greek historian uh, Polybius, the, the shield was made of two layers of wood. It was covered with canvas on the outside with a leather covering also. And this, when it was soaked with water before the battle, it would effectively serve to be able to extinguish those fiery arrows that the enemy would shoot toward him. Paul says, take up that shield that you might be able to, again, guard or fight against those fiery darts of the enemy. Another great feature of this shield and I think very important for you and I to really understand, and why this particular shield above all shields is important for you and I today. It was the ability that with that shield, the Roman soldiers could come together and form what they called the tortoise formation. Due to the size and the strength of that particular shield, the troops would be able to come together and then in in columns and the front line soldiers would put their shields in front of them while the soldiers behind them would raise their shields overhead and side by side, nearly arm to arm, shoulder to shoulder, they would have the shields above them, the shields in front of them and they would make almost an impenetrable protection as they marched against the enemy. One thing that's interesting, though, Roman soldiers never worried about covering the backside because they always intended to march against the enemy, not run from the enemy. As tough as that one soldier was, when they came together and in that form of all of the shields lifted up and protecting one another, then they became almost undefeatable as an army. In the same way that the Christian, one man's faith, can oftentimes encourage and build up one another's. Come together and sometimes I'm able to have faith for you in a situation in your life that man, you're just overwhelmed by. And there's situations in my life that you're going to be able to believe God and see the hand of God working and have faith for in my life that I don't have the faith to be able to have. So join together our faith, join together just as these Roman shields are joined together makes us a strong and a mighty army together. Beloved, I cannot imagine a soldier on the field of battle if he sees one of his comrades being beaten up by the enemy, that that other soldier wouldn't come and run to his rescue, throwing out his shield as a protection for his fallen comrade. Putting himself actually in harm's way, but with that great and strong shield up before the enemy, protecting his fallen brother. and Beloved, that's how you and I ought to be as the army of God. When we see a brother or a sister either caught in a sin, we who are spiritual need to come and surround that one to encourage and to lift up that one. When we see a brother or sister that's been beaten down by the enemy, and man, they're just Losing all hope and they're just just being laid flat out. You and I ought to come to that one's aid. And our shield of faith ought to be one that comes and encourages that one. The words of faith that we can speak into their lives. The words of God that we can speak into their lives. Needs to be part of what you and I as soldiers of the cross need to be doing on a regular basis. Our faith is increased. We're, we're encouraged. We're, we're built up when we hear the stories of what God is doing and how God is working in other believers' lives. That's why we have passages such as Hebrews chapter 11, what we call the roll call of the faithful. We can look at that passage. We can read those names. We can see men and women who were flesh and blood, just like you and I. Men and women who failed in many areas in their life, and yet God used them mightily because of their faith because of their trust in him yes some lost their lives but they didn't lose their faith in the midst of that battle and just as Patton told his soldiers i believe Paul would be very quick to tell us also that yes some do lose their lives in the midst of the battle but beloved our faith needs to be held strong and you and i as brothers and sisters we need to lock arms together to encourage one another, to stand with one another against the onslaught of the enemy's attack. Next, he says in verse 17, he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet covered the head, the most vital organ in the body. And without the protection of the head, the warrior was easily prey to a mortal wound. And that would make him useless in the battle. The most important thing for a soldier to have was his helmet. He could go out and fight. And it's also interesting that the Romans also were leaders in this idea of having a helmet for their warriors. To be able to protect their warriors against the onslaught of the enemy. The spiritual warrior Also needs that helmet. And Paul is very clear here when he says the helmet of salvation. Without salvation, anyone stepping into spiritual warfare, they're easy pickings for the enemy. Without salvation, they have no protection, they have no covering, they have no understanding, they have no insight, they have no leading of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, there is spiritual warfare all around us on a continual basis. And those that are without Christ, who do not have salvation, who don't have that helmet of salvation, the enemy has control of them. And he can lead them and direct them in any way he sees fit. Because they have no protection. They have no covering. Finally, after all the other preparation for protection and for defense, the soldier is able then to take up his sword. The sword was that main offensive weapon that the Roman soldier again, when he gets into close quarter fighting. That sword, only 23 inches long, that's what he used the most. Now, understand, Paul doesn't give us a listing of all of the soldier's gear, Because the soldiers also had spears. But Paul understood that in spiritual warfare, standing way back and just lobbing things at the enemy don't do any good at all. It's when you and I are in the midst of the battle. It's when we're in the very depths of the fight, when we're on the front lines of the fight. We don't need spears to throw. We need the sword, the word of God, that sharp two-edged sword. And that sword of the Roman soldiers was sharpened like a razor because he knew the importance of having that offensive weapon prepared and ready to come against the enemy speaks here the the sword of the spirit it was the sword that's provided by the holy spirit of god it's most effective when it's wielded through the power of the holy spirit it finds its target more directly when it's led by the holy spirit and though although those natural swords of Paul's day they were forged by steel paul tells us that this supernatural sword is the very word of god the very word of God, word there, even the word that Paul uses for word, it refers to that preached word, the uttered word, the spoken word. Even the utterance of God that's placed by the Holy Spirit into the heart of the believer. But it's not just the printed word. As as powerful as this is, and I don't lessen its power, beloved, it's the spoken word. That has the most power. When you and I have God's word to be able to speak it, not only for our own lives, but in assistance for other people's lives. Beloved, that is power and that is authority. When we hide God's word in our heart in order for it to come into our lives at just the right time, in just the right situation. I don't need to go and dust the, the, the cover off of that book. I know I've got one on my shelf someplace let me see if I can find something that can help me out in this time. No, that's not a weapon that's ready for warfare. A weapon that's ready for warfare is already with you. It's already a part of you. It's like David says in Psalm 119, verse 11. He says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that's not that he's hidden it in there that, that nobody can find it. No, your word, I, I placed it in my heart. It's it's ready. It's It's prepared to be used that when temptation comes man it's the word of god that comes and speaks to my heart it's the word of god that encourages me it's the word of god that gives me direction and when the enemy comes at me and starts bringing again doubt and fear and disillusionments, then it's the word of god that speaks truth into a situation it's the word of god that i have within my heart that then i can pull those things and again we can see i can stand in the midst of it no herein is truth This is what God's Word says. No, this is who my God is. No, this is the power of Christ working in me. No, this is the covering of the Holy Spirit within me. I can understand that. Why? Because His Word I've hidden in my heart. What was the very force and the very weapon that Jesus used against Satan during that time in the wilderness after His baptism when Satan came and tempted Him? What did He do? Use the Word of God. And Satan would come back with the Word of God, but Jesus, because he could rightly divide the Word of truth, he could speak the fullness of the Word of God in the context to which it's written. And, beloved, that's another important thing for you and I, not only to know the Word, but to know the context in which it's written. It does us absolutely no good to pull a verse here, pull a verse there, and say, well, this is God's Word. If we don't know the context, if we don't really have a a full understanding, that's why Paul told Timothy, he said, man, you need to be a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. You need to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. And that's your call, too. That's my call. Not just that I've memorized five power verses, but that I'm studying in the word, that the word is a part of my very being. That sword of that Roman soldier, he would do everything he could not to lay that thing down in the midst of battle. As a matter of fact, the the stories are told that in the fierceness of the battle and in the length of the battles, that even after the battle was won and the victory was theirs, Some of the Roman soldiers, their hands were so forged into that sword, they literally had to pry their fingers off of the sword. Why? Because they held on to it that intensely because they knew the battle was that serious and that intense. How firm is the word in your life? How well do you know the word of God? What kind of a weapon do you have to fight against the enemy? Or do you go out without weapons? A foolish soldier would go out without weapons. As Patton finished his speech that day, the general paused. His eagle eyes looked out over the sea of men. Then he said with pride, There's one great thing that you men will be able to say after this war is over and you're home once again. You may be thankful that 20 years from now, when you're sitting by the fireplace and your grandson is on your knee and he asks you, what did you do in the great World War II, granddaddy? You won't have to cough and shift him over to the other knee and say, well, your granddaddy shoveled manure in Louisiana during the war. No. You can look him straight in the eye and say, son, Your granddaddy rode with the great third army and a crazy general named Georgie Patton. And with that, amidst the roar and the applause of the men, Patton left the stage. Well, Paul also knew about this honor of finishing the battle well. In the closing years of Paul's ministry, the closing years of his life, he wrote to Timothy and he speaks of the honor of fighting hard and of finishing well. Second Timothy chapter four, he writes, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You know what? For you and I, we also need to anxiously await those words and words that would come to us like, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Come and enter into the joy of your Lord. Beloved as believers, you need to understand there's a fierce spiritual battle that's being fought today. It's fought against the very souls of men and the impact of Christians around the world. And every time the enemy wins a battle, the impact of the testimony of the saints is lessened and lessened. Every time the enemy wins a battle, the courage and what the saints can do for the kingdom is lessened. Beloved, we have a strong and mighty general. No, not Paul. The Lord Jesus Christ. He fights on our side. He does the battle for us. And yes, though the war is over, we settle that at the cross. The battles continue. Fight hard, stand firm, and finish well.
0: Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. To learn more about The Open Word, visit our website at theopenword.com. You can download today's teaching or subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Subscribing to The Open Word Podcast is the best way to stay up to date with all the latest messages from David. To subscribe, log on to TheOpenWord.com, click on the podcast option on the homepage, or simply search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. That's info at theopenword.com. When you contact us, please let us know the call letters of the station you heard The Open Word on and how today's broadcast has blessed you. Your feedback helps us know the Lord's direction for this ministry. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona in the next edition of The Open Word David will continue teaching through God's Word so please make plans to join us again and may God richly bless you